Hi and welcome to a new episode of the State of the Net podcast. I'm Paolo Valdemarin. And I'm Ewan Semple. And you're a new and improved and vaccinated Ewan. Well, I'm nearly invulnerable. Um, one small step and all that. Um, yeah, I had the AstraZeneca one and the, all the, one, the one that there's been all the fuss about. And I felt dodgy for a couple of days. You know, it felt like a, a reasonably bad dose of the flu. Um, mm-hmm. My daughter had the same reaction, and as did my sister and niece. So it's obviously maybe it's genetic. I don't know, but uh, certainly feeling much better now. And it's funny how, having not been worried about it, you know, I was quite sanguine about whether I got or didn't get COVID. It's funny how you do start to feel safer once you've got one under the belt. Sort of thing. It's funny. I'm I'm waiting for the text message, and I'm I know I'm going to be frustrated because I'm not going to come back to the UK for another six weeks mm-hmm. so I'm not going to get the vaccine until I get back and I quarantine for 10 days until you come back to civilization uh, oh, I can't wait to come back to civilization <laughs> I mean what they are doing here in Euro- continental Europe uh, with this v- blocking AstraZeneca vaccine it's just so silly yeah. And yet, it's uh, and you know, read a bunch of articles about it. I mean, everybody wants to be want to be extra cautious, uh, or science has nothing to do with it anymore. No, no. Politicians need to be able to respond to what people say about them on Facebook. It's so symptomatic, isn't it? I mean, and and you're right because the whole scientific thing. You're more likely to you know get a blood clot driving there than you are getting one. From the uh, from the, the vaccination, and uh, you know, we're we're talking about how bizarre it is that that you know the, the UK having. So my dad, who's in his nineties, um, has been toing and froing about whether he should get the vaccine or not, and we had finally gotten to the point of agreeing that he was going to get vaccinated, and then he tells me he's decided to put it off because of all all this stuff, and I said, what well, what stuff? And then he starts telling me about the French and Italian nonsense and all the political stuff. And I'm thinking, yeah, here's this guy who's spent the last years vilifying Europe and persuading me that we should be leaving Europe and voting every chance he got to leave Europe. And now he's listening to them. It's completely <laughs> bonkers. I'm happy we're influencing him. <laughs> okay. <sighs> this whole idea of uh, politicians just going after the general sentiment because they're afraid of uh, what might happen of the pushback that there might yeah. be generated by a bunch of populists it's just it's not a very nice place to be well it's not it's not just populist though is it i mean because it, you know it's the same sort of and this is i think about state of the net um in as much as it is a consequence of how much time people are spending online, that indignation, you know, righteous indignation engine that it's become and getting annoyed about everything and having to take a view on everything and polarising about everything uh, has huge impact on politicians. And I, I, it is going to be interesting to see how they deal with, you know, obviously the French and the Italians have had this knee-jerk reaction to the potential backlash, but we're in a dodgy place if they're making decisions on that that kind of basis. Oh no, because it, it's it's a very slippery slope. Because at this point, mm. people are going to lose uh, faith in this, and the consequences are going to be a disaster. I mean, people will die for this. Yes, people will die because uh, a bunch of politicians were not uh, 
ballsy enough to put a step down and say, hold on a second, this doesn't make any sense. The science is completely supporting this. Let's just keep vaccinating people. Yeah. Uh, in Italy, at least, the press has been doing a horrible job. So you had, uh, you know, major newspaper with full page titles saying, you know, scare in Europe. And it's, of course, people then are, you know, afraid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally yesterday, there was an article about a lady in Taranto, I think, somewhere in southern Italy, who went to have a vaccine. And as she came out, she was run over by a bus. <laughs> Sorry, she didn't laugh. And it's like, uh, and, and I mean, uh, uh, somebody well, that was because of COVID, wasn't it? Clearly, she wouldn't have been there without COVID. Uh, somebody I know actually posted a comment. It, it was a joking comment saying it must have been an AstraZeneca vaccine. It's it's like, <laughs> why do why are you reporting this? Yeah. That, that, I mean, the, yeah, the, yeah, the thing is, you don't need to report this. You don't need to to report about every single stupid opinion out there. You can decide what is an opinion, what is worth of reporting and not. Well, but they've they've stopped enough. I mean, we were talking. About, my daughter and I were talking about this in the context of the really really sad story of the the lady who got murdered in in London, mm-hmm. and. You know, just the horrendous impact on her family and their friends and um, the way the press handle all of that, you know. And I was saying if ever anything remotely newsworthy happens to me, fight them off. You know, I want no journalist anywhere near me. And Molly was saying, well, but they don't have the choice. You know, when you're in that kind of a situation, it all just kicks off and takes over and you're, you're out of control. Um, of you know, you get no control over what's happening to you, and you know. So I, th- I think that news engine, which still bangs on about the truth, is actually just about uh, sensation. And 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 you know, it is it is pretty much becoming a list of things to be afraid of. And as soon as they find something new and novel to be afraid of, they're all falling over each other to be the first to be as afraid of it. It's it's horrible. I was observing in a. Completely different, but still very popular event of the last week. How it appears to me that it's all about uh, having a position about something, you know, taking a side. Um, when the Harry and Meghan interview came out, um, you know, the whole interwebs exploded with people. St- taking aside people being on this side or the other side i mean and i found this interesting because uh, some friends actually sent me messages which like you know you live in the uk you must know about this you know you're a friend when you're having your afternoon tea with the queen yeah, yeah, yeah. and i'm totally on the queen's side of course but uh, I I felt the need. I mean, I I kind of felt the need to reply, saying, "Oh, you know, I I'm on this side or that side." But then I kind of thought, it doesn't make any sense. I I have no idea. I don't know any anything about this. I don't think that anybody is telling the truth. And most of all, I don't need to have a position on this. It's it's absolutely yeah. not required, and it doesn't help anyone. Yet, for two or three days. All the social media streams I was following had people expressing their opinion, uh, and uh, and sorry, 
and I, I there is nothing wrong about expressing an opinion, but they, they were taken aside. They were saying, "Oh, I'm on her side. I'm against her side." I mean, I say, "Oh, she's American, but she's the queen, but he's an asshole." And it's like, what do you actually know? And the press is feeding on this need to take sides. On what side are you? On Meghan's side or on the Queen's side? Are you on the uh, feminist side, on the police side, are you on the women's side, on the men's side? Is is it? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. It it would be so healthy for people to try to create an environment where you can step back and just think about things without being forced to take sides. And that yes, yeah, so that, I'm glad you brought that up because that's I was reading in a, a a book, as all my books are about Buddhism the other day and about. The self and the the way the self, the sense of self emerges in context and emerges in response to things that happen around us and to us. And, you know, the argument is it's no more real than that, but there's the the knack of not allow or or noticing that happening and preventing and making it less likely to happen. And and the guy was making the point that with the internet, um, and this is where it is genuinely for the first time, that selfing happens communally and so there are thousands, millions of us responding to stimuli in our eyes defining ourselves by our response to that stimuli and then it feels like an existential crisis because you've stuck your thoughts you've, you've stuck yourself out there and other people don't like the self that you've just stuck out there. So you get into even more desperate loops to try and maintain your position. And it's so interesting because it is, as he was saying, the first time we've had that kind of direct, almost like neural network connection to feedback loops, which we weren't very good at dealing with previously. And it's much slower and, and analogue incarnation, but we're really not good at dealing with it when it's constant in our pockets, right between our eyes, and does feel like a fight to the death over over made-up stories and opinions about shit that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you mean like handles and hooks? Yeah. <laughs> so that that was a tongue-in-cheek post, Paolo. For those of you who don't, don't read my blog, um, it was a, a sort of minor domestic thing about if people in the house choose to use a door handle as a hook and hang a coat on it, it therefore no longer ceases to, it no longer manages to function as a handle so you can't get into the bloody cupboard anymore. And if you use a sink which is intended for running water over stuff as a storage base and fill it with the dishes that you can't be bothered running water over, then it ceases to function as a, a make things wet space. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, it, there was a sort of debate in the comments about, um, you know, category errors. I called the post category errors and somebody else said it was a training error. <laughs> I wasn't training people appropriately. But you're right. I mean, it's categories. It's about labels and about this thing should be doing that and that thing shouldn't be doing that. And, it, and so I was slightly taking the piss out of myself about how much <laughs> it seems to matter to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, I... 
I spent, I think I waited for a day before posting the comment. I said, can I, I, I'm I'm going to do that. No, I'm not doing, I mean, I'm not doing it. Yes, I'm doing it. She said, well, it's that, that category only exists in, there are just stories. They only exist in your mind. In your mind, the purpose of that is to open a door in somebody else's mind, the purpose and hang clothes. Oh no! But then they try to get into the cupboard, and they can't get into the cupboard well, because they don't compl- need to enter the cupboard. That's not their. Oh, they priority. do. That's, they do. When I tell them to bloody close up properly. Well, that's your that's your <laughs> ego out there. Um. <laughs> so much to get wound up about, in so little time. Well, I think that to some degree, if you write yourself into existence actually it's a very healthy way of you know observing yourself and your thinking process so i think that as long as you do it with the right approach and you don't do it in a in a type of eco chamber where you know two days later you have a bunch of nazis who want to kill people who use handles as hooks uh it's fine i think that uh as we were saying, well, you mean there's other people out there that I could get in touch with, Paolo. Oh, great, <laughs> friends. friends. Uh, <laughs> I think that I think that the challenge there is uh, the having algorithms that will just try to yeah. spin this thing t- in the direction of uh, extremism, and and that is crazy. On the other side, the, I mean, I. I posted two things on Instagram in last week. A photo of myself holding my mom's cats and I got 50 likes and a photo of three types of salami we were tasting and I got like 35 likes. And I got to oh. say, it was so satisfying. <laughs> I thought you were going to make some sort of significant point about the differences between cats and salami. No, it's just food and cats. It's the internet, right? Yeah, it's it's what that, yeah, that yeah. is what, what works. That, for. that yeah. is what the internet is for. But uh, even doing it with all the, you know, being very mindful of the process, I'm still for a couple of days and we're yeah. going back there and finding new likes and everybody got the new likes. I that was must enjoying be interesting. it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I must be interesting. I must be good. People like me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. Though, that whole... So I was mentioning to you earlier that we are still teetering on the brink of motorhome ownership of various sorts. And uh, actually probably worth telling the funny story about me really genuinely being right on the brink of paying a lot, a silly amount of money now to look back on it for a VW California camper van. And it was literally the night before we pulled the starter gun or whatever on it uh, that I suddenly thought, hang on, I've only ever sat in it with the roof up in the driver's seat. So I phoned the folks up, went there, sat in the driver's seat, and I couldn't sit in it by a good couple of inches. And it just then starts to dawn on you that I can't sit in any VW camper van. <laughs> this, this is it, you know? Um, and they can't adjust the seats for various reasons, whatever. So anyway, we're, we're going down a very different path, much smaller thing, much more like a car than a van. But there's a couple. Um, the channel's called Life is Too Short on on YouTube. I'm sort of slightly wary of mentioning it because I I think ruined several people's lives by telling them about Kev T, the lorry driver, and they now spend way too much time watching somebody else driving a lorry around Britain. But there's the same risk with Ken and Carol, who are... I've, I've grown to love them, but I'm not sure I would still want to park next to them in a campsite. 
but because uh, he he gets slightly OCD about stuff that really you know really really doesn't matter. Um, but like handles video. and hooks. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Well, he changed. They had they had two plastic boxes that they used in the van, and one of which they had been using for rubbish, and they changed the use. So he made little stickers to put not rubbish. <laughs> On the one that used to be the rubbish, and just in <laughs> just in case the two of them within about a ten foot square box got it in the wrong. Anyway, um, don't let me put you off them because the videos are fantastic, and it just the reason I mentioned it was that it's this is what the internet was for. They've just been doing a, a last year they did a tour of Ireland, and there's about 24, 15 minute videos, and they're so well put together. I mean, he's editing them on his iPad, probably using Luma Fusion, Fusion I would expect on in, while they're in the van. And he's got decent cameras, um, some big SLRs that are taking some beautiful high-definition videos um, and using his iPhone. And he's also got a drone, which he's very adept at using. So, And then into cutting things, so he'll set his camera up on a tripod so that you see the two of them walking away from you up a path and then the tripod's moved. You know, they must spend, they must do miles and miles and miles of walking just to keep placing the, <laughs> the cameras in appropriate places. And then walking and then back and then walking That's right, again. totally. I mean, he's quadrupling the, the mileage. Um, but then they'll have great drone shots of the van driving through some fantastic countryside and just basically it, it, it's amazing what's possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just really enjoying the sense of place that I'm being able to enjoy because of it. You know? I'm also loving the the nerdiness about the van, which is the kind we're going to buy um, and just watching them fitting into it. You know? Oh, but it's I, I think it's fantastic how the internet is allowed. Remember, we used to call it the, the long tail, right? So, yeah, um, you you have enough people interested about anything to be able to create good quality content for it. And yeah, well, uh, and they, saying the long tail, they just passed a million uh, views. Yeah, so but it, even if it's if it, but because there is enough people on the whole planet interested in watching that. I, I mean, a million yeah. views is probably not a huge amount. It's nothing. You know, any major TV channel would be interested in too. No, no, uh, no. But it's good enough, and they might actually be making some decent money with it, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. you know, be able to to roam around. And of course, with all these new devices, the quality of the production is is. I mean, yeah. you still need to know how to use them, but. Uh, Yes, and that's where he's, he's obviously got some real skill and experience in it. It's not his background, but he's, just, he's very good at it. But weirdly, I mean, they're in rural west coast of Ireland, you know, the middle of bloody nowhere, and uh, they're in a car park, and some guy comes up and says he's been enjoying watching all the videos um, because he lives locally, he lives in Ireland, and I think it's the first time that anybody's made mm -hmm. this kind of quality of, air quotes, documentary about mm -hmm. their area, about their town, you know, and it's, it's really, really interesting what it enables. So here you go. That's the next thing you're going to do, right? No, it's not. No, I, I, I found myself thinking about that and thinking, no, I'm too lazy. <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's putting so much effort into it. Um, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe. I don't well, know. Well, we can do, we can do podcasts. I mean, we, you can go sit somewhere nice and then you call and we do a Yeah, an that's episode. true. The sound of lapping waves in the background. And, yeah, yeah, you can just describe what you see and I'll be just sitting in London in my little yeah. flat being... Jealous. <laughs> well, I think the kids are slightly worried that they may not ever see us again. Um, because what, it's sort of what, dawning on worried? us that... that well, yeah, thanks. Um, it's sort of dawning on us that you can just keep moving, you know? 
Um, who knows what might what what this might lead to? Oh yeah, I mean, especially with uh, today's. I mean, in the same way as we have been working remotely for the last uh, year, you know, you can be anywhere, and and you can be anywhere and do whatever you need to do. I mean, if you don't have to show up in an office every day, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, it's, it's, and I think it's just dawning on people about this. And I saw a really interesting article um, about women and their previously assumed roles as homemakers and stuff, and disparities in pay in the workplace, and how this is this that this is that's another aspect of the world of work that this has poked a hole in. Um, with roles shifting and changing and different people looking after different kids at different, you know, it's, it's been just really interesting how things that appeared inevitable have now become clearly not um, and, and what we do with that. This week was uh, a year since I wrote my first quarantine post. Yeah, so, so you posted about it. <laughs> so it was a year ago that we said well, let's keep the office closed for a week and see what happens. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I mean, even rereading that post, I mean, I was saying I've no, I've no idea how long this is actually going to be. But how far have we come since that is is uh, it's incredible. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've talked about this before, but how inevitable or likely it is. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would question the idea that there was a normal to ever return to, but that sense of reverting to something, I, I'm not sure how strong that is, how much people will want to or try to do that. Um, I'm looking forward to go back to the office and, and be with other people. Um, there is a... There is something that I actually realized some time recently about uh, a colleague of mine, and she started working with us after um, the first lockdown. Um, and I wasn't in, I mean, so we couldn't meet during the lockdown. And then during the summer, I came to Italy. I think she went to the office a couple of times to meet with the others. And by the time I got back, we were locked down again so we didn't uh, so bottom line I've never met her in person but yeah. you know we talk all the time we see but I was realizing that uh, she has no idea of how we used to work in the office you know all those uh, soft informations around how people do things and how much time you spend doing one thing or the other and what the habits are i mean all those all those things that you just absorb nobody is really teaching anything to you you just look around yourself and you figure out how things are working and the moment where all communication is very focused and specific meetings about stuff where yes. you necessarily need to talk about, you know, the purpose of the meeting because otherwise, because you don't want to waste time, right? You want to, you know, d d you end up in a situation where a whole bunch of information is just not transferred. And 
and I th- and I think that uh, you know as much as I enjoy working from home and I mean honestly I'm I'm happy about this last year. I was able to spend a lot of time in Italy which I like, you know, spend time with my family, was able to walk yeah. on my heels and it's all great. But in terms of human relationship with the people I work with and people I, you know, enjoy working with, uh, yes, we have been seeing each other every single day, but it is not the same thing. And in terms of culture and and the sort of stuff that happens subconsciously and, and, and subtly over periods of time, that, that's taken a hammering, hasn't it? And Yeah. You know, like, like your colleague, I've got friends of my daughters who've started in corporate jobs for big accounting firms who haven't had the opportunity to to get a sense of the the, <laughs> the sense of the place there's no place to get a sense of you know it's it's uh that's not a non-trivial cost but yeah. equally i don't i don't think i i hope people don't just all suddenly lurch back into commuting two hours a day to sit in an office Staring at each other. You know? No, I uh, well, or 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 staring at the screen, which is even worse. I mean, well, yes, yes. I I, I do hope that uh, when we will go back, we will be able to enjoy and appreciate the difference between you know working remotely and working there, so yeah. that we can continue spend some time working remotely. But uh, at the same time, when we're not working remotely, we truly appreciate the fact that, you know, you are in the presence of other people and you can, you know, smell them. And I hope that the management accommodate that. So I think that's going to be the interesting thing, because I think people will want to exercise more responsibility. For, they will want to be able to choose more how they work and less willing just to accept the fact that you have to be in the office and your boss has to see you. Um, that, that, I suppose, is the biggest hope. Not that, that we either lurch in one direction or the other, but that people are inclined to, able to, and allowed to make more thoughtful decisions about what they do with their time and what's the best use of it. Well, I guess that from that point of view, there is a financial pressure around the fact that all these companies suddenly found out that they don't need to spend all that money in office space. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is probably pushing things in the right direction. Um, I don't think that there is any going back to quote-unquote normal. Um, there is a there is going to be a moving forward where hopefully there will be a little bit more, you know, better used time together and and i'm i am at this point i'm looking forward to to that moment and to go back to the beginning of the podcast it's another example of either or being the wrong way to look at it you know it's it's not all or nothing it doesn't have to be a fixed decision even if you choose to have a mix it doesn't that doesn't have to be fixed you know there'll be some times in your life where one way of working predominates and others when another does you know, it's, uh, but it, it, I think it is generally the same sort of thing of we've got away with sort of being lazy in the past. You know, we've just took what we were given and worked the way we thought everybody else worked. Uh, whereas now we have to, or at least have the opportunity to think about harder, but well, yeah, but why? And is it is it right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, having been forced 
to to change our lives for you know longer than a year i think at, at, at this point we have been moved and we have I, I i i think that you know we were having this conversation a year ago and we were saying well you know let's see how long this lasts and let's see you know if it's just going to be a couple of months and then everybody goes back to normal it's not going to be a big deal one year later and it's not going to end uh, you know tomorrow it's still going to continue for at least a few more months it's well, if not, if not longer, I think, I, in a sense, I find myself thinking about the mask wearing and, you know, in a position of being a, a, a increasingly uh, immune myself, I'm going to still wear a mask in most physical space situations for quite a long time, I think. Oh, I think we will, we will all be. Um, yeah. It's, it's, uh, habits will change. I mean, something we were chatting about earlier today in the last year, we have not had a cold or a flu or anything. <laughs> I know. I mean, I know. That's not bad, know. right? Yeah. I mean, do you want to go back to having the cold and the flu for people sneezing on yeah, you in the gym every yeah, year? No, well, that that was that was actually a pretty nice thing. Can we keep doing this? That's that's actually <laughs> kind of good. I'll wash my hands forever now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> if if that is the the price you have to pay, I think it's worth paying it. Yeah. And on this optimistic note, a very clean optimistic note. Yes, the you know health recommendation from State of the Net podcast. Keep washing your hands and don't sneeze on people. Thank you for listening and goodbye. See you next time. <laughs>